Hey, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, our study is in the book of 2 Corinthians. If you're in a place where you can grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. Well, this morning we're going to continue through uh, the New Testament as we're in 2 Corinthians now studying through. We did go, kind of go through verses 1 and 2, but just we'll, we'll read those. Uh, there is something uh, somewhat significant that I wanted to make mention of uh, when I kind of saw uh, this and know what we talked about on Wednesday evening. Wednesday evening, we're in the Old Testament. Wednesday evening, we spent time, and as we went through First uh, Samuel now is where we are traveling through the Old Testament. And in First Samuel chapter 27, verse 1, was a kind of a a significant little uh, mention there. It said, and David said in his heart, and basically it means uh, in the original language that he talked with himself. He had a conversation with himself. He interacted with himself about something. And um, that's kind of a dangerous thing to do. It's not that conversing with yourself in and of itself is necessarily all bad, but uh, it was an interesting kind of area of scripture that we covered. For me, it answered a whole lot of questions. I have a large file drawer in my mind with uh, just tons of questions where I've read through and I've studied and I've learned certain things. And then, wow, I don't know what to do with that. I don't understand that situation or why that reoccurring thing goes on, or I don't understand this, God. So I put it in that file in my mind of waiting for further information because I don't know what to do with it yet. Uh, And one of my questions uh, has been, you know, how things, people get so close sometimes to a good, and, and we're all a part of this, how we get so close to a breakthrough in our lives, but then somehow something we start thinking through on our own, and we start trying to work through it in our own mindset and how things work out. I just encourage you to listen to that because I can't get into all of it. I encourage you to listen to the study later because that'll probably be more helpful because it's kind of a full thought process. But a lot of us found it very, very, very beneficial. And uh, the dangers of just taking your own counsel is the point. Because we can, in our minds, reason through things, come up with conclusions, and then take action based on those conclusions and leave ourselves in a seriously dangerous place and ultimately somewhat partnering with the enemy in certain ways. I just encourage you to listen to that. But that to be said, that goes on. That's a concern. Um, I I wonder oftentimes uh, how things, you know, all of a sudden I'll have a conversation with someone and all of a sudden they've developed their, their judge, jury, and hangman, and I'm swinging from a yard arm somewhere. And I did, this is the first I've known of anything that was going on. Uh, you guys know that kind of thing happens sometimes. And, and uh, it's from taking counsel within ourselves and from not really hearing from the Lord. The significance is, is that you and I are hearing from the Lord. That being said, verse one of chapter two says, but I, Paul speaking, determined within myself that I would not come again to you in sorrow, 
For if I make you sorrowful, then who is he who makes me glad but the one who is made sorrowful by me? And so he's just talking about, hey, I don't want to show up and be bumming you guys out when, you know, you guys bring great joy to me and now I'm bumming you out. He goes, because of the letter that he had written, 1 Corinthians was a very serious letter. He had a lot of concerns about things that were going on. So he loved on them, but he was very clear about some certain things and he wasn't sure how they took that. We're going to talk about that a little bit further, but this one thought of, but I determined within myself. So there is a healthy determining or working through and thinking through things. There is a healthy process to that. It's not all bad to work through things and think through things. I don't want to be misunderstood on that. Man, I really, really encourage you because in Jeremiah, he said very clearly, our hearts are wickedly deceitful. In other words, I can talk myself. I will deceive myself in my mind about something and I will draft conclusions. And you and I, you're sitting, I know, some of you are sitting there thinking, yeah, that's, you know, I understand, but that does, I don't do that. Oh yeah, you do. Just by that very thought, you're doing it because it's self-deception. We're masters at it. We can talk ourselves into this thing because we feel this way about it. And then we talk ourselves out. But what's wild is that's deceitful. It's deceptive. That's one thought. And then it says it's wicked. In other words, it's, its origin is evil. That's wild to think that we're just in and of ourselves. But see, we don't think that about ourselves, except for the Bible says about you and me, there is no good thing that dwelleth in me, except for God. But we don't like that. That's not, that doesn't build up our self-esteem. Our world says that's bad. Don't bring that kind of thing up. But it's the truth. The Bible, I love that about the Bible. It mirrors for me and you who we really are apart from God. And then it also shows us who we are in the Lord. There is healthy internal communication that can go on that you and I can have. There's healthy communication that you can have and it involves God. It involves God's word. It's very helpful. It, that, that latter part of uh, kind of as things kind of, we're not there yet, as things kind of conclude in 1 Samuel, I just want to read this to you out of chapter 30. They had gotten back to Ziklag and there's a, they were engaged in a battle and they had left that area, left their families there and they got back and now all of a sudden, David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. David's wives and uh, all of the other women had been taken captive and David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. They'd lost their, their families due to this situation that had occurred. And again, there's, there's an issue of why all of that took place to begin with. But they're very distraught. He's concerned and what's happening. Uh, but this is, look at what David, he learned. He learned from that error. In verse six of chapter 30 of 1 Samuel, it says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He's not reasoning just in his own mind anymore. He's really reaching out to God and he's asking God for help in this matter. It's very interesting in this, uh, Psalm 42 kind of talks about this uh, also and how it played out for him when he was in this kind of a distraught mode. And, and there's a right way to have healthy communication with yourself Psalm 42, verse five is where we'll just pick it up. Why are you cast down, O my soul? So he's, in, he's interacting with himself. Why, what's going on inside me? Why are you cast down, O my soul? 
And why are you disquieted within me? Hey, what's going on? You know, why, why aren't things, why am I feel so unsettled? I like that word disquieted, you know, just unsettled. I'm uneasy about things. I'm not sure what, what's going on. What, why is that happening? And then this is what he says. He's talking to himself. Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted with him? He's talking to himself. And then he says, hope in God. You see, he's not just reasoning with his own resource and that's it now. He's going out past that, isn't he? And he's pulling from a greater, vaster resource, the person of God, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, from the heights of Hermon, from the hill of Mizar. Deep calls unto deep, and the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me. A prayer to the God of my life. Basically, this whole little, this Psalm 42, 11 verses, he's just interacting with the Lord about his situation, and he's pouring his heart out, but he's not looking to himself to find comfort. He's not looking to himself to find the answers. He's looking past that and he's looking to God. I wanted to bring some of you that make it on Wednesday nights, I wanted to bring you the flip side. There's that one side of we gotta be careful when we're just talking with ourselves and interacting with ourselves, drafting all our own conclusions. And I made the point that, man, we gotta really, that's, that's dangerous ground. We ought not to do that. But then there is on the, isn't it great how God's word, I could have never planned this, but how God's word brings it back up to us here. This is the right way to interact. Paul was interacting right. He determined within himself. You know, that self-determination is a very powerful thing, isn't it? To determine or to purpose to do something, make a decision, this is what I'm going to do. I think that's very wonderful when we come up with those kind of conclusions and get to that. So Paul is just saying, hey, he had a good conversation. This is, I want to give you the flip side, healthy interaction and communication inside yourself is possible and it's good, but it involves God. It always will involve God. By yourself, we're going to corrupt ourselves, but we got to bring God into it. We got to look as God as our source. So if you're trying to figure out all your problems, or if I'm trying to figure out all my problems, we're going to end up short. It's not going to come together for us. But when we look out past ourselves and trust in God, we're going to find God to do great things for us. Let's read on in verse three. So Paul's hard in this. He doesn't want to be misunderstood. He's bummed that maybe he's made them sorrowful by his written communication in first Corinthians. He's, he's concerned about that, that gosh, you know, I, you guys bring such joy to me and now I'm kind of bumming you out. What a, just, it's just not what he wants. And I wrote this very thing to you in verse three, lest when I came, I should have sorrow over those from whom I ought to have joy, having confidence in you all that my joy is the joy of you all. Because I, I want to come together and just have good fellowship together. Now remember, he hasn't heard back yet. He, he's, he's in his mind, he's, kind of conveying these thoughts that were going on prior to this interaction that he has with Titus. He sent this letter on 1 Corinthians. He's waiting now to hear back. It doesn't happen as instantly as what we shoot an email off. And man, if we haven't heard in three minutes, we wonder what's, what's going on, you know? Instant messaging, you know, and all that stuff. It's supposed to happen right then. Well, this is like weeks and months and stuff go by. Long time goes by before he knows how did this land on them? 
For out of much affliction in verse four and anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have so abundantly for you. I have a uh, African-American friend. He's been my friend for probably 26 years or more. And when we're talking, we had a very interesting conversation. I've I've watched over the years, I've had a lot of conversations with him about a lot of different things. He's a real close brother. And uh, recently I had seen him, uh, we were traveling together and I'd seen him and, and and his wife. And they were talking about something. It wasn't a heated discussion or anything, okay? They weren't upset with each other, but they were having a very intense conversation about something. I was sitting in the room. I was a victim of the circumstance. It wasn't, I, I didn't invite myself in on their situation. I was just there and they were having this kind of, not, it wasn't bad or it was just kind of heavy discussion. And they're talking and they're looking at each other and then they, they stop and they look at each other and, and he's, he's going, do you feel me? Do you feel me? Now, Culturally, I'm not totally up to speed with all of what's going on, but I got what was happening. That's a conversational term, which means do you understand what I'm saying? Do you know what's really going on inside of me? Are we really communicating? That's what Paul is saying in those two, those two verses, verses three and four. He's saying, hey man, do you, do you, I'm not sure that you heard my heart in what I was saying to you through my letter, through my communication. That gets really, really, really important. Do you, do I, do we really, really hear the heart of the Lord when we're going through his word? You can go through and tell me all your theological stuff, you know, and all that stuff and quote all kinds of Greek and Hebrew and all that stuff. And it's zero to me if you haven't really heard from the heart of God and what God was really saying. It's very significant. It's the most significant thing because, let's read on. I wanna quote a couple of things for you to know because to hear the heart, the intent of what Paul was saying was so, so important. Luke 8.18, Luke 8.18 says, be careful, Jesus, quoting Jesus, be careful how you hear. Be careful how you hear. That's, that, that, that's, that means that there's, I can hear words, but miss the intent. You, you know that that happens. I have found for me, it goes really, really well, much better anyway, not always perfectly well, I assure you, but very much better generally when it's in person, a conversation, especially if it's of a fairly serious nature. Some of you guys experience that too, you know, it's just because they can see countenance, they can see your, you can see more of your, your facial expressions and your body language, and they can see more of your heart of what you're trying to convey on a, on a personal level and to get what's saying. Sometimes when you're just saying something over the phone or even in written correspondence, it's very important to think through. I'm, I try, I, I encourage you, be cautious with your emails, with your texting, be cautious with, because once it's out there, we live in a world where it's there forever. We gotta be cautious and be, use wisdom about that because once you send it out, it's out. And it's hard to get, get that back you know, once you've made some blanket statement. But the heart and the intent, that being conveyed 
is so important. When I watch my friend talking to his wife that way, they both stop and they, they, they say, yeah, I feel you. I, I know what you're saying. I get it. You know, I think that's so expressive. I think that's so true. That's what Paul is saying in just those two verses. He's saying, man, like Jesus said, be careful how you hear. The tone, the intent, what's meant. Guys, you can just tell your wives, hey, I love you. Or you can stop for a minute, you can look at them, and you can say, I love you. You can say it in such a way that means you care about everything that's going on. Above and beyond that, we can say that to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's not just the songs we sing. Yes, that should be an expression from our hearts. But it's not just the words. Remember what Isaiah said? Your lips proclaim me, but your hearts are very far from me. You know. Now, why would it be that maybe, perchance, we're not saying really the right things sometimes? If we look at uh, Mark chapter 7, verse uh, 32, we'll pick it up. This is the, the deaf and mute person that uh, Jesus was interacting with. They brought uh, this one to him uh, who was deaf in verse 32 and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hand on him. They, they wanted him to heal him. They wanted Jesus to heal him. So he wasn't hearing and therefore he had speech trouble. That's not an uncommon pairing, is it? Trouble hearing and then a speech impediment. They, they often go hand in hand. True, we, we know this to be true. They're coming to Jesus, wanting him to heal him. And he took him aside from the multitude, took him, brought him off to the side and put his fingers in his ears and he spat and he touched his tongue. I love the way Jesus does stuff. He, he could just speak it and it would happen. He just does these, these unique things so that, you know, people would try and copy and it doesn't matter. It won't. It's, it, it's just the power of God. It's not the mimicking of the, the, that. It's just knowing him that it's all about. But Jesus does this thing. He kind of puts his fingers in his ears and watch what goes on. Then looking up into heaven, he sighed and said to him, Epaphitha, that is, be opened. Then notice what happened with the healing. In verse 35, immediately his ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was loosed and he spoke plainly. His ears were opened and the speech impediment. Where am I going with this? Out of the mouth, Jesus said, come the issues of the heart. Out of the mouth come the issues of the heart. Sometimes things are coming out that are reflective of what's going on in here. And we want to ask God, God, will you help me? And it's sometimes because we're not, we're reading it, we're seeing the words on the paper, but we're not hearing the heart of God. And when we're not hearing the heart of God, we get going these other directions. We could be going down some legalistic path. We can take all these different things that Jesus said. Jesus said so many different things that were sometimes hard to fully comprehend. We can look at the, the parables and some of the things that we saw that Jesus talked about. 
the rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler turns away and goes on. And we're like, what? Jesus, why didn't you just grab the dude? Why'd you let him go? What's going on? You know, do we, did we get the heart of that? Why did the dad let the prodigal son go? Why did he let him go? No, you're not doing that. No, he cut his share and let him go. Why did he do that? See, if we don't hear, if we don't hear from the heart of God, we miss the whole message of what the Lord's wanting to convey. Let me ask you this. When you're reading through the word, do you hear a loving father speaking to you? Do you hear a dad that sees you as the absolute apple of his eye? That he would do absolutely anything and go to any length to reach you except force himself on you and violate your free will? I know it's the movie depicts nothing necessarily that great, but I was flicking through the channels yesterday and Bruce Almighty was on. I watched a couple of minutes of it, you know, and it just happened to be that part, interestingly enough. He wanted that gal back, even though he supposedly had all these God powers or something, he wanted this gal back, but he couldn't violate. And so he talks with God about this. I don't understand, I don't understand. So he looks at God, looks at him and just says, yeah, that's the problem. I said, yeah, and myself, I thought, yeah, that's the problem. God won't force himself. But do we hear the things that God says through his word from a dad who loves us? Or do we hear it from a stern, strong, legalistic dictator who says, don't do this, do this. And if you don't, lightning's coming down and strike. What are we hearing? Let me break this down real quick. What about you and your interaction with someone else? See, if I'm not hearing that right from God, then when I'm interacting with someone else, I'm not gonna be the gracious person that I ought to be. You see what I'm saying? Because I'm not getting that. I'm not hearing that the way I'm supposed to. And now I'm not speaking that. This person that was healed, his ears, he was able to hear, and now he could speak plainly. He was able to hear, and I think spiritually the same thing happens to you and me and affects our action. If we're hearing from the word, we're hearing from the Lord right, we're gonna be able to speak things outright. Out of our hearts and out of our mouths, those things that are inside of us are gonna come out, good or bad. And I think those are good challenges and good things for us to think on. This is Pastor Jim. Thanks for listening again today. And we're just so thankful for those of you who tune in and, 
and uh, are getting something out of these messages from God's Word. And sometimes God really begins to tug on our hearts, and He kind of calls us out for a response. And sometimes we want to go and work at something and, and kind of earn our way into things. But, you know, with God, it's just not that way. His Word says, for by grace, that's unmerited love and favor that's been shown to you. That's what that word grace means. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves— It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God wants you to walk in those good works that he's prepared for your life. He wants you to be a living testament of his goodness and his grace. And he doesn't want you to have to work at or earn salvation, but salvation is a free gift. It's by faith that you can have this everlasting life. Simple prayer of faith. Jesus, I want to ask that you would come into my heart, that you would forgive me of all my sin. I want this free gift of everlasting life. I want to be forgiven. I'm tired of carrying this weight of sin and shame. And I want to ask, Lord, that you would come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for that grace that you have shown me. I receive you now into my heart and ask, Lord, that as I walk this life, that you would walk with me and that I would walk in your ways and in the good works, those things that you prepared for me to walk in, that it might glorify you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed and received the Lord into your heart today, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us or another Bible teaching church in your area so you may be encouraged in your new journey. If you'd like more information about Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, simply visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, we meet in Overland Park on Sunday mornings. The service times and directions can be found at calvarychapelkc.com. It's been great spending time with you today in God's Word, and we look forward to you joining us next time on Living Fountains.